morning, everyone. Man of faith and power. Hallelujah. Welcome to Man's Inheritance here at Jubilee Church. Um, we're here to worship the Lord and to encourage one another in Him. Amen. Amen. So uh, this song is from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Hopefully that's all of us. For those online, welcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord God, that we can call upon you and know that you always answer. Thank you, Lord God, that regardless of what circumstances are going on around us, Lord, that we stand on a solid rock and we have hope and a future regardless of what the world says, Lord God, and we can have hope and faith and confidence, Lord God, that you have us in your hand. And we give you praise and thanks, Lord God, because you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Welcome, man. Good morning. Good morning online. Just take a moment, connect a couple guys, say hello, blessing, release, joy, favor. Everybody online, thanks for being with us. We are, I believe, a key moment, and at least in my life, I know I, this is key for me today. So uh, connect to anybody you're thinking about, give them a text, send them, get them linked up so we can be together in this uh, season of advancement. Jesus, glory, glory, glory. All right. Uh, Mike, would you come on up? I'll get, you got a mic? Mike's got a mic. All right. Mike's going to make a quick announcement about an opportunity that's gonna, we're going to launch to do weekly evangelism. So come on up. How's it? Can you all hear me? But, well, I mean, I can, just give it a sec. Testing, testing. Yeah, screen. Technical difficulty. I don't know if this vision was for me or from the Lord, but as we were worshiping, I just like, man, us declaring that blessing over our families as we were worshiping. And then I got a vision of this men's meeting that we do once a month being our biggest meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But anyway, um, something that the Lord's birthed in me and others is... um, Actually, last uh, May, when uh, we were doing daily evangelism, we were going out every day. We saw a lot of miracles. We saw a lot of um, hunger. We saw a lot of people filled with the Holy Spirit. It was really beautiful. But um, something that the Holy Spirit's put on me is, can we do this consistently? Can we do this on a daily basis? And what would that look like for Jubilee? And, and um, some details have started to get hashed out with what evangelism really looks like. Because, like, I, you know, I really think that the body of Christ, not necessarily our church, but the body of Christ in general, doesn't believe that the gospel itself is powerful. Like, it actually can change a heart in a moment. It can actually shift an atmosphere in a moment. And the second we believe that is the minute we start doing that, right? Because belief automatically produces action. And so, um, yeah, we've been kind of praying about that this summer and what that would look like because, you know, obviously every day would just be too much. But what we are thinking of doing is um, every Wednesday between the hours of 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. going out 
and doing outreach at specific locations. Um, and it would be like a Luke chapter 10 type model where Jesus sends out the 72 and he says, in my name you will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. As freely as I have given to you, you will give to others. And um, we'll be, it, Wednesday would be perfect because we're already covering the whole region in our prayer that day. And so to produce then kind of like a, a more specific outreach towards a specific area would be, I think, really ideal. And so I think the Lord is, is leading us to this, where we're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word now. Um, and so, uh, and, and you know, Wes and I've talked, and Pastor Steve and I've talked about this, and I'm, I'm really kind of excited about this. And um, I think I think we're going to be starting not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. I think it's our, our first going to be. And then at, we're going to like hit a specific area for like a couple months leading up to maybe, you know, some significant event. And I think the first place we're going to go is um, this area in Oxnard um, where there's just like a real hunger for the Lord. There's a real need for the Lord. And then after hitting that spot for like three or four months, we're going to have like an culmination event where after we've built relationship, after we've, you know, kind of uh, made our face known, made the Lord known in that area, we, we have like a huge like baptism event, huge like feast, huge, you know, some sort of event that really um, brings it all together. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying into this and I, I'm really excited about this. I really think it's, it's something that the Lord is, has been getting us ready for. And so I would like all of you to pray into that and to, uh, you know, if you feel led, join us because, um, you know, we're, all of us are called to be partakers of the gospel. You know, all of us are called to be trained and equipped. Um, some of you are like, well, I'm not an evangelist. You know, you are. <laughs> you are. If you're, if you're in Christ, you are an evangelist. Um, you may not do it vocationally, but you do it. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. So, I don't know, did you, did you want any other details about that? That's just, yeah, so we're going to be starting this next, next Wednesday uh, after the following week. So, um, 3 to 5 p.m., we're going to be hitting up specific locations. And um, God willing, this is something that we're going to be consistent in. Um, because, you know, everybody wants a baby, but nobody wants a preg uh, to be pregnant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everybody wants a huge event, but no one wants the process, right, of pouring into something. You know, so I'm just, I'm challenging the men here is like, can we... Can we be consistent? Can we do this? And, and I, I believe we can. I believe the Lord's in this. So get ready. So thank you. Yeah. Um, God, I just thank you um, that there is a new spirit of evangelism. There's a new spirit of reaching the lost that is rising up in this church right now. And in Jesus' name, I declare that a new thing is being done. I declare, Lord God, that there is new boldness, there is new courage, that there is new faith that is being released to every single man in this room, Lord God. I declare, Lord God, that in this hour, in this season, God, we will see, God, the miraculous. We will see, 
Lord God, people who have been completely hurt by the church come back. We will see people who have been completely um, outcasted by the church come back, Lord Jesus. We will see people who have, you know, maybe they've been in a different religion, Lord God. We will see hearts changed in this hour, Lord Jesus, Lord. And I declare, Lord God, that revival is happening in all of us, Lord God. It's not this outward experience. It's an inward experience, Lord God. It's where we encounter Jesus, and we cannot bear the thought of another person not encountering Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would be glorified above all else, Lord God, that you would be your face would shine brightly in this time, Lord God, and that we would see your goodness in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Charles, are you back in the... Uh, it was really perfect we had... All right. We had these two men, and thanks to their two wives, we had a really great breakfast. So thank, please let, yeah, I know, let them know, but we acknowledge you ladies. The best breakfast in Camarillo, for sure, up to California. And I'm prejudiced, of course, but it's good food, isn't it? Amen. It is really, really cool, really cool. We're going to do a, a number, this is going to be interactive, activating. We're going to, before we leave here today, all of us have a, inheritance scripture or what often is called a life scripture or, or a Bible, my Bible verse, and we're going to begin to allow that to intentionally grow in our lives. And next month, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up from what God has done with that one month of meditation in the scripture that God's given us. So we're going to figure out, and, and I promise you, you will get a place to get started. It, and that's our that's our goal. But before I do that, I felt three things that I needed to, to do uh, as this hour we're in. I don't know about you, but I, I can sense for my own life that I've come to the end of a season and I'm entering into a new season, but I don't have the resource of the new season. And I need to, I need to close the old season and fully come into the new season. Uh, you, it's like great Jesus, we are told, we beheld his glory full of grace and truth, and he communicated grace to grace. There's a lot of places in the Bible that it's from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength, meaning it's a, it's a continuing in from, into more. But when it comes to grace, it's a different word. It's it's the grace that we were in is closing, and the grace that you're coming into is opening. And it's a transitional time. And that's uh, Ed Cole, which was my mentor in men's, uh, the charge and calling to men in men's ministry. He said, there's only two things you do in life, throughout life. You come in and you leave. You come into a season, you leave an old season. How you leave a season determines how you'll enter a season. How you leave a job determines how you'll enter into your next job. How you uh, leave, leave uh, a closing of a relationship determines the next relationship, how you'll enter in. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we reap. And Galatians 5 says, when we sow, we do two things. We 
what we sow, we will reap, and to where we sow, we will reap from. So if I sow to my flesh, from my flesh I will reap corruption. If I sow to the Spirit, from my Spirit I reap life for everlasting life. So it's, there's dynamics in that. So because of that, I have found myself now refocused in closing the old and entering the new without knowing what, I don't know what the new is fully, but I do know that the old needs to be, you know, settled, you know, past process things, let go of things, clean out closets, a lot of practical, physical, and spiritual things. So when we were come, I was coming this morning praying for us, I felt the Lord say three things to uh, just to reiterate for our sake, because I, I, I read, I read, heard in Psalms this morning. I've been old, I've been young, and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. So there's a testing of time that will prove out the truth and righteousness of God. First thing I felt was to reiterate what we were talking about the, the where we sow to and the coming in and out of season. Uh, Ed Cole used to say there are three three parts of our life that we need to be consistent in in uh, giving to God, and it's our time, our treasure, and our talents, because He wants the best from us in every area. He wants our time. You're giving. We're giving our time. Online, we're giving time. We're saying, okay, I'd rather be sleeping in. It's Saturday morning. Believe me, so would I. But but we're giving ourselves a position of God. Time. Time is important. We use that illustration with our commitment to pray an hour a day, five days a week. Praying an hour is costly, and you have to build it into your schedule, and you have to make it a priority. And in that hour of prayer, there's five things we do. One is we the hour. Second, we bring a believing heart. We, we, dispos- we position our heart to believe. You say, well, I have a hard time believing what I need to be believing. The goal is just receive, just acknowledge truth, and truth itself is accepted. It will produce faith, like Mike said. If you, the gospel will produce the faith. Second, I have to have a speaking, engaged mouth. God does not come to passivity. He will shut you down and knock you down if you are aggressive and, and prideful and arrogant. Trust me, he's committed to that. But when it comes to movement, he's always saying we've got to move together. And the mouth is very key. Without the mouth, we don't get saved. We believe in our heart. God raised Jesus from the dead. That's righteousness. We confess with our mouth that he is Lord. That is our salvation. So believing heart, confessing mouth. This is old news, but I feel like it's got to be renewed for each of us because you cannot, I, have, can, I cannot see in any man's life woman's life, family's life, biblical life, that these disciplines can be neglected for any length of time and progress be made in the kingdom. The third thing, you have time, believing heart, confessing mouth. Third thing was Holy Spirit. Without Holy Spirit, we will, we, we get locked up, and I'll show that in a moment. This is my first verse in Second, Second Thessalonians 2.13. That's where we'll start. But the, the, the Holy Spirit's very much a part of our sanctification. And without sanctification, there's no advancement. Because you, that's the idea of 
coming in and going out. I'm going to have to carry new weapons in my new season. I'm going to have to let go of old things. I can't. I might have gotten delivered from the biting serpents by looking at the serpent on the pole back in the wilderness, but 800 years later, you can't have that serpent still on a pole in the temple as an idol. So it's like understanding the letting go of the past through discipline that's now with just become tradition and so forth. Then the third, fourth, fifth thing is the Word of God. Uh, and I have come to... Uh, so that's time. Treasure. Uh, again, men, the, Abraham came out of the era of Chaldeans, began to walk into the, into the land. He was given promise, called to be a blessing, and then his, uh, his nephew is, is taken in a war. Sodom and Gomorrah is captured. He goes and rescues everyone. They call it the slaughter of the kings. When he comes back, he meets Melchizedek, which I believe was a Christ, our, our king, being pre-incarnate. And he came with a covenant setting, and he received the tithes of Abraham as he released the blessing to Abraham. The fir- and the blessing came to the one who got the revelation that God is the one who's the source. He's the one who gives the victory, and he's the one who expects the first return. So I believe in treasure, the, the, the key is tithing and, and holding that tithe to your church and moving it out of your control. A lot of times we want to tithe it in our own control, but then how do you know it's not you just spending God's money how you like to spend it? So you lose control is one way you know it wasn't yours that you were using. It was yours bringing to him. That's why it set up the house of God as a place to re, as a place of tithing. I believe that's super valuable. Even Jacob on the run made a commitment from his grandfather's example that if you take if you keep honoring your word I'll give you a tenth of everything and in 20 years he became a wealthy wealthy man doesn't show up easily a lot of times it's very costly especially if you're in your years and you're not a tither and all of a sudden you're looking at your budget and you're going 10% of my budget I don't even live on the 100% I have but if you will start where you are be consistent even start the jump I've always believed in my life, and I'm just telling you the truth, uh, I'd rather rob me than rob God. I'd rather go without a dinner and Starbucks or whatever and make sure God got his. Because if I make sure he gets his, then he makes sure I get mine. And he keeps me. It's a way of faith, honesty, and so forth. And I believe that just goes to your local church. We've got some guys that are visiting from another church, so it should go to your church. Just be consistent. Over time, it will prove itself. If you fall follow, follow away, uh, start again. Uh, uh, I forget the famous boxer. I think it's Alex Hollyfield. It could have been. I, he's a believer. Okay. He was, he was in a broken state. Didn't he have a comeback career? Okay. He was in a broken state. He was in church. And he was hearing this message, time to tithe. And the message that was given to the men that were there or the whole congregation, I don't recall, said, if you are not, ask God to forgive you and start today. He took that to heart. He said, God, forgive me for being unfaithful in this, but I will now be faithful. And from that point on, he began his comeback career with millions of dollars coming out as a result of that. So that's the way a partnership, 
with the tithe. It's you're like going, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm not going to let the world make me rich, but God will pre preserve me. And then the third thing is the treasure. Treasure, or no, excuse me, not treasure, that's the second. The treasure, the talent, taking our talent and, and sowing it into the kingdom. Uh, sometimes it's just being creative with the talent, uh, giving it into the kingdom in a way where you would maybe make hundreds of dollars at your, with your skill level. You end up sowing it into the, to service inside the church to help. I had a, a gentleman that when we first uh, started our church, uh, we needed an accountant. And we uh, found an accountant, a believer out of Full Gospel Businessmen, I believe. And he said, well, yes, I'll do your book accounting, and I won't charge you because I will sow my talent into the church without receiving a benefit. So it's me sowing it. So I watched his accounting business increase exponentially until he could then sell it and go into a whole other field. So it's stuff like that, being creative, because those are the three things we all have. We all have time. We all have treasure. Maybe some have more, maybe some have less, and we all have talent the, uh, and taking the little that we have to sow it. So that being said, let's talk again just one more thing. This, I asked Brian to hand everyone out. I have become such a believer. Now, I'm, I am, today I am 66 years old. I got born again when I was 19 years old. So I am 47 years in Jesus. And when I first got saved, I didn't know what an Ephesian was. I would have been a Martian. I never read the Bible. I never been to church. I had no idea. But now all of a sudden I was fully swept into the kingdom by the wonderful name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm all of a sudden in being immersed in a discipleship house to learn Bible, to learn prayer, to learn witnessing, to learn living for Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. I moved from Ventura to Thousand Oaks, which was just enough distance to get me out of my drug culture and death squads that I was a part of into a, 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 a new life. But it was a struggle. It was conflict. I was from 13 to 19, I was on drugs. And I mean, every day, beginning, middle, afternoon, it was part of just the, you know, the 70s. I was fully immersed and I was fully fried. I had a pot brain. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I refer to it as, you know, your brain's a place to collect things, keep things, guard things, stop things. It's a filter. Your first work of your brain is it's a filter. A noise goes outside. You go, oh, that's not something to concern myself with. Pay attention to the message. Train starts to sound. You go, no, that's just a train. Don't need to listen to that. Listen to the message. But when you lose those things, you cannot have say of things. And so my brain was like a colander. You just pour anything in, it goes right out. And all of a sudden, I'm forced to try to to, to uh, uh, reclaim my life. And so I'm grateful I had to memorize the scripture every day. It was part of the ministry. I, had to, I began reading the Bible and I began praying to save my life because what had happened was no longer sustainable. I had to get it every day and come to be with the Lord every day. And there was a, a mountain by uh, Cal Lutheran University where now there's houses all built up on it. But back then, it was just basically you could drive my Volkswagen, park it, climb up to the top of the mountain, and uh, spend two or three hours just trying to not lose, my, lose the place that God had given me, trying to recollect myself into the presence that had saved me, trying to just do what I had to do. And 
remember it was years later pastoring church and I was driving up the, through the you know the Norwegian grade if you're familiar with our, our region Santa Rosa up the Norwegian grade I'm coming by Scalutrin. I look up at the mountain now it is filled with homes I'm going to do a water baptism it's at a house in, in Newbury or Thousand Oaks that was quickest to come that way <clears throat> and the Lord uh, he glanced at me and he you know, said hey remember what you were doing on that mountain? I was going, yeah, I remember. And he said, no, you don't really know what you were doing. <laughs> I said, what? He said, you were saving your life. Had you not done that, you would never have made it. You, you had everything against you. There's no reason for you to ever have come out of where you'd been sucked in. You had opened the door and you were demonized. I mean, I was demonized. So the journey of, of freedom a good friend of mine who uh, with the Lord now, but he brought me through a lot of deliverance. He would always say, uh, it was Bob Valeric, he would always say that um, Jesus said, if you are my disciple, you will abide in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And the greatest freedom that, the, that we can access of deliverance is through the truth of God's word because it's, it, it trumps lies and dismantles lies. And so a lot of times deliverance of a habit, of a mindset, of a stronghold is, is about starvation of the wrong and feed on the right. And after a while, have you ever gone to remove a tree out of your yard or something that's been there for a long time? The longer it's been there, the bigger the root system. And they say that any tree you see, the size of its foliage and its is the same depth it goes into the roots. So if you've got a big thing, the only way to get a big thing out is chop at the roots, and one root at a time, and then one day it just tips over. And that's how we get free, uh, if we just will stay in the truth. So saying that, again, I'm just wanting this to start fresh on a new page, on the same page, and we often miss the moment. We have to be taught again and again the basic principles of the word of God, the milk of God, and we, we just get lazy, don't apply yourself to principles of the disciplines of sanctification. So I learned to read the Bible, I began, and I began to figure, I want to read the Bible. First, I read it once, once through the year, Bible Pathway. That was great. And then I, I felt the need to know the New Testament, so I started reading. The, I, I did some math, and this is what you have in your hand. I, I did this for a couple, three years. I take the first one chapter in the Gospels and, and a book of Acts, going from Matthew to Acts, and then one chapter in the Epistles to Revelation, going from Romans to Revelation. You could read the New Testament in three months or a little, little just maybe, maybe a few days more, but basically three months. If you took the Old Testament and read three chapters a day, you could read through the entire Old Testament in less than a year, but about a year. And so what we have here, and again, if you have a really good Bible study program that's working for you, don't, you don't need to do this. But if you don't have a Bible study, if you're not reading the Bible consistently, if you don't get up in the morning and go, I got to read my scriptures today, then you're probably missing out. I'll say this because if I have anything to say, I'm telling you the truth from what I have is in the word and from what I've learned in life. If I was to make one change over my life, in this 47 years of following Jesus, 
I have been a praying man, and I've never stopped praying. What I did stop doing was reading the Bible through, and I started searching the scriptures on topics, topics that I felt called to, messages I felt I wanted to learn, movements. And unfortunately, men, the one reason the church has, stays out of unity of the spirit, unity of the faith, and unity of the knowledge of the Son of God is because of the winds of doctrines of men. Men have a lot of ideas. And lately, for me, God has said very clearly, you have way too many opinions, but very few convictions. I want all conviction, no opinion. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to repeat what others say. I want you to only repeat what I say, and I want you to submit to my word. So over time, I'd stay in the scripture, but I wasn't reading through it. And then we started that last year, first in Psalms, then in the epistles, we did the, and then, then through the entire New Testament, we did it, I think, once or twice. And now we started this year. If you are not doing it, today is a perfect day to begin right at the date. Don't go back and try to catch up the Bible. And if, and it, because where we are, like, for instance, today's reading, John 4, super powerful because you're reading the, wom the woman, the Samaritan woman that he meets in Samaria, which is in the city of Shechem, which today is the, in, the, in Israel, the West Bank, they call it Nabalus. And as you read in Judges, and you read about the son of Gideon, Abimelech, who is the son of Gideon's concubine, who comes concocts a, tri a, a way to steal uh, and become a king over the area of Shechem, and kill 70 of Gideon's sons in the chapter verse before, or in that verse. That's all happening in Sukkot, or excuse me, Shechem, in the Nabalus. So you have historical connectivity to a very conflicted world, and in that, you're, you're, you're just watching stuff. You're watching the, the hand of God. Then you go into the book of Psalms, and you, you hear the, the call to uh, Psalm 121, Psalm 21. I'm, I am in, because I'm having to go into a new place and I don't know the fullness of how to enter it in, but we do know in the kingdom that every door that opens is a demon waiting for you. New, new levels, new devils, new opportunities, new resistance. So uh, you, Paul said it, I've got a great door of ministry with demons. It's not... It's because you're, you're, taking you're taking possession of something that's not been in someone's possession, so it's been occupied by, by the evil one. So I'm back in Psalms again for courage. I do not know a book that gives you courage more than the book of Psalms, so I'm back to committing myself to five Psalms a day in addition to these chapters. Now, I go into Ezekiel, and you realize where we're reading right now, we're about to get into some really good chapters in Ezekiel because once you get to the end of chapter 34, God's already shifting and saying, okay, we're, we're entering into a better place of promise and restoration and renewal, and I'm coming in, and it gets really, really good. But the prophet Ezekiel is, you learn about God's standards. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. 
Those standards have not changed. What God considers righteousness, what God does not like, he, he would detest idolatry, and he will judge it in all people, and if, in, in particular covenant people. All covenant people are held to a higher standard than the one the world has left. And we know that in the New Testament. God said, you know, or Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, I, or yeah, 4 or 5, he said, I'm not asking you to stay away from fornicators and adulterers and extortioners and idolaters because then you'd have to leave the world. That's what the world's full of. I'm just saying don't stick, hang around with those who call themselves brethren because then they are not submitting to the kingdom and that leaven's going to leaven the whole thing. So the charge that we should be preaching is to the church, not to the world. And if we preach to the world to act like Christians, we'll, we, we will, all we will have is a powerless gospel of politics and government control. If we preach to ourselves to live under Christ-likeness, we begin to become an example that even though they speak against us as evildoers, they then by our good works which they behold have to glorify Christ. So this, it's, but even besides all that, here's the coolest thing. I let the Old Testament convict me of sin. But then I return to the New Testament for the solution to sin, which is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we will only repeat the cycle. Law enforces sin. Law empowers sin. Law makes sin sinful, but it also, it also uh, creates a self-righteousness. It also brings a curse into our life. So it's not the solution. If it had been, there would be no sought for another covenant. So I return to Jesus, and I remember that all that I'm recognizing, I see in me. I see that in me. I'm honest. I'm not trying to hide it. I see it in me. But I can't resolve it by just changing my ways. I have to come and submit to something greater than me. And first and foremost, it's Jesus Christ and what God did. So I'm always saying, Father, I submit to your testimony of Jesus. I submit to your testimony. He who has a son has life. Who does not have the Son does not have life. In Jesus Christ is salvation, healing, deliverance. In Jesus Christ is my acceptance and revelation. So when I pray, I don't pray from where I am. I pray from where he is. I, 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 assess, I, uh, I ascribe to me what God has done in Christ. I accept God's testimony of what has been accomplished in Christ. And I say, that's who uh, I now accept as my help, Jesus Christ, is everything. He's a solution to marriage, money, everything. There's not anything he has not paid the price for, been punished over, and now been in his resurrection, been given total authority. And so I'm, I do that. So this, therefore, we go through the New Testament three times. We're on our second trip through. Before we get to January, we'll finish it three times. The New Old Testament, we're going through the entire thing. We have really had our clocks cleaned if you've been going through Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. I don't know anybody's going to read it and not sit there and go, wow, if, God's, if that's your standard still, whew, how am I going to get out of it? But then Psalms is so powerful because Psalms will, the only place in where David especially can say, I'm really full of iniquity. I've got sin issues, and I need your resolution, and I need your help, but I also need you to help deliver me from where I've got myself into. And he had a faith that, pre, that went beyond the law. He had a faith that, the, that what God had accomplished in his presence, he was able to perform because he just knew something about God's face. 
knew something about God's presence. So review real quick. Please don't read your Bible. Learn your Bible. Do, it's more important than whatever you're learning or whatever you're studying, whatever marketing you're in, whatever business you're in. This book is the book. And it's, but know it in Christ and not in the law. Don't go backwards. I, I hear people all the time, prophetic people, they get into the Old Testament and they start pro- prophesying to the country as though it's, we're back in the Old Testament. When it, and therefore, then you don't hear the name of Jesus. You don't hear Jesus is the one we have to return to. Jesus is the one who has to show up. So you have to stay the G, you have to stay in the New Testament, but you also have to discover the standard of God and His His righteousness. Like today, we read, He He said in Ezekiel, uh, if a righteous man is righteous and he and I bless him and I tell him it's going to go good, but then he begins to sin. None of his righteousness will be remembered. He will be judged for his sin, and he'll die in his sin. But if a sinful man who's acting in wickedness understands that his wickedness is wicked and turns back to righteousness and begins to operate and not oppress the poor and do the things that I please, then that man will live and not die for his sin. This is powerful. Because he says in that verse, he says, if um, I declare a righteous man to be blessed and he trusts in his righteousness and goes and sins, which is so simple to do where you kind of go, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the group of the blessed people, so I can, but that allows me to treat you like however I need to treat you to get whatever I need to get. When God says, no, not, now the standard's totally, totally new. Please do it. The things that God wants to give you, you have to become skilled in the Bible. If you're not skilled in the Bible, someone has to reconstitute the food and feed you. And unfortunately, you are limited then in the, in the word of righteousness and, and understanding what God has accomplished in the Son and operating from the place of the Son and advancing with Him. So, Lord, I just ask you this little, I hope will be a, whoever will hear and will be empowered and impacted. We're not a people, I don't want to end this life having just uh, kind of circled around the same mountain all my days. Thank you for consistency and opportunity to learn and grow. And thank you for all the failures I've had. I would not, you've, you've had to teach me that failure is learning who I am and learning who you are and, uh, and shifting my my trust and my confidence in not me, but in you and submitting to you and your glorious word. Would you raise the word of God back in us as people of God so that we were schooled and and inside the scriptures? Would you reignite prayer so that we were disciplined and holding our place in spite of how we feel, in spite of how things are going? And would you then establish us that our time is yours first, our tithe is yours first and our talents are yours first so that we might grow up to be in him in all things in Jesus name amen thank you all right going to take about two scriptures and then I want us to practice something and I second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 you will see now everything I just said it wrapped up, and this is everywhere in the in the New Testament. You cannot even seem like go from page to page. Um, 
I was first Thessalonians. Okay, 2.13. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. Our being called into salvation was a decision God set in motion before we were accepting of salvation, before we were born. From the beginning chose you for salvation. And then this powerful work, through sanctification. Everything I just addressed are the practices of a sanctification, a sanctified life. Sanctification means simply to set something apart, to remove it from common use to holy use. It, it, can use, it can be used, the word interchange is holy. But it's holiness not originating from ourself, but in submission to something greater than ourself, which is the word of God and the spirit of God. He says, God, from the beginning, chose us for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. The scripture is truth. Jesus said in John 17, God, Father, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want them in the world. They're not of the world, but I want them in the world. And I'm going to send them into the world. But I need you to do something. I need you to keep them from the evil one. Therefore, sanctify them by thy truth. And then he says the most powerful statements. Your word is truth. Then he says something, if it's not strong enough, for this reason, I sanctify myself. The word made flesh submitted to the word that had been already in the Torah, in the prophets. He submitted to the scripture so that the scripture could be fulfilled. That's like huge what was happening. So sanctification by Holy Spirit, that's that part of prayer, and belief, experiential encounters and trust and receiving truth. And know the truth, the truth makes us free. In which you were called by our gospel, and now here's the goal, the end game, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glory he sits in is to be the glory we're to live in. And one day when he returns, when he appears, we will appear with him inside glory. So we're learning a whole other kingdom dynamic. We're learning heaven's ways. We're learning to be, to obtain at means to kind of, it's, well, let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 1. And then I'll take you, and then I think that'll be where we'll start the exercise. Ephesians chapter 1. The whole chapter is this massive revelation. But I'd like to just focus on one verse in verse 11. In him, in Jesus Christ. Remember, we're talking about this menu. I know your life is stuck in this world. Mine's stuck in this world. I know your life gets stuck in your soul. Mine gets stuck in my soul. I know I have a lot of feelings, and I'm being harassed in lots of ways, and I'm frustrated about a lot of things. But beyond all that, anytime I must return to the truth that I am in Christ. If I ask Jesus into my life, he is in my heart. But more importantly, I am in Christ. And in Christ, I am the, the dynamic of, of truth of what that means is accessible. It's beyond anything you've imagined. In him, now here's one of them. Here's one of our given benefits 
we have obtained an inheritance. So the inheritance scriptures are in our relationship to being in Christ, which therefore begins to define who we are inside his body. So that we as a member of his body begin to function in eternal purpose, which I don't believe will di dissipate when, we, when, the, when this is wrapped up. It'll go into the millennial and it'll go into all of eternity because we are a living body that's being fitted and joined together into perfection. So he says, we obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Man, that's a ton of words. I mean, it'd take you some time to sit down and go, what? In him, in Christ, I've obtained an inheritance. I've been predestined. That means boundaries were set before I was even thought of. According to the purpose of him, Father. The purpose is the word showbread. I was set in the perfect. I was not only, I have a purpose. And he works all the things of his purpose according to the counsel of his will. He didn't even ask me if I wanted to be this. He already determined my salvation and my purpose, my, my inheritance. That we who first trusted Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So the fruit of an, of an inheritance, resting, truth, faith, scripture, is it gives us trust. We can, go, we can walk up, we can walk the whole world, go this way and that way, and we go, well, let me first consider what God's saying about me so that I can respond to this situation as God would have me respond to him in, as Christ. And you just become one who begins to be a functioning member, not a, a re repetitive member. We don't, we keep, we start really holding a place. We hold it in our family. Our wife is overwhelmed, we go, I understand there's something going on, but now where do I, how do I find the place of protecting her, you know, giving her comfort, giving her strength? How do I lay down my life for her? How do I wash her with the water of God's word? How do I get a word for her? And it, we, we operate in a different fashion. We don't, we're, we're going from Christ outward. In him also, you trusted, we trusted, we who heard later, the word of truth, this scripture, the gospel of our salvation, which is when the truth comes, it begins to bring salvation in a fashion that we haven't yet been saved. I'm not talking about going to heaven or not. I'm talking about living an abundant life of submitted to the truth of Jesus and having that fact find expression in every area. And you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's here to seal us in the truth that God reveals to us. Holy Spirit's here to seal us in the truth that God reveals to us. If he reveals truth to us, he's then the Holy Spirit comes and says, I seal you into that truth. It'll take a lifetime to live it, to learn it. A lifetime of attempts and trying to do it. But you will find that the scripture was given in the beginning and it will be fulfilled in, in, throughout our life. Who is a guarantee? Who? Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. There is a time when our God will collect every one of us into Christ in completeness, and we will, we will yield off everything of ourselves that is in conflict with him. The flesh will fall, the soul will submit, and we will, we will, be, we will be so free. 
It'll happen in our death, or it'll happen in the rapture, if that, if that precedes our death. And it'll happen in the, at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ when immediately everything is just removed that isn't him. And it will be the most liberating moment in our life. So that's going to happen because we believe the truth, because we have an inheritance, because the word of God's come to us. So let's, let's talk about this. And then I just... An inheritance scripture. It most likely has already been given to you or you've already heard them because usually they begin in the very beginning of our real seeking God. If you begin to get serious with God, or maybe even you aren't, he comes and gets serious with you. He's going to speak to you. Those words he says define your future. When he saves us, he calls us. In other words, we hear both not our salvation in Christ, but also our purpose in life. And you change your priorities. You have a, a desire to do something. And it can be large or small. But, it, but it's something of what God has done. And the Apostle Paul, if you want to find the story, you go to his conversion. who's the model of all conversions in the New Testament. And you go to chapter 9, chapter 22, and chapter 26. And you can watch the maturing of a calling and inheritance. So we're going to take a moment and ask Holy Spirit, remind me of what you've said to me since I believed in you. Remind me of where I might, where I was drawn the most to a scripture, to a promise, to a purpose, to a definition. He may speak a word that you don't know is in the Bible, but I promise you everything he speaks, one day you'll find a scripture to support what he said. Does that make sense? How many of you have an inheritance scripture or a Bible promise? Good, good. That's, then you know those things to be true. And yet we come back to those because they're like the anchor. They're not, only the, they're not the anchor to keep us anchored on the earth. They're the anchor that keeps us anchored up into heaven. So I want us to take a moment and ask the Lord or return to the Lord. And it can be multiple scriptures because over a lifetime it gets clearer and larger and more uh, defining. Uh, and it begins to hold a place that's what the Bible calls it a confession of hope. It's something we are actually going around and going, this hasn't happened yet at all, but it's the hope I live with. And I'm willing to proclaim that hope in the presence of God and that God the Father and Jesus my high priest and Holy Spirit who's present in this movement remember there are three that are bearing witness on earth there's hope, there's spirit there's water that's the word and there's the blood the atonement that I'm in it I'm in it I'm in it I see but I don't I can't get there but I but I won't deny your word your name because I can't get there and I will keep your word as precious, even though I can't produce it. And that's the tension that we're living in as men uh, is to, and what it demonstrates out is a massive level of trust. And you can look at a lot of scary things and just kind of go, well, nothing I can do about it, but nothing I have to fear about it either. God is in charge. He will protect you. So ask yourself, we'll take a and I'll share with the guys online. And we'll start by being quiet ourselves, like for three minutes. If you don't have a, like, 
Brian will always carry his notebook, and he's always writing his notebook, and I did that for years. I now write in my phone on my notes. But it's, let's, we're going to commit ourselves or return or remind ourselves of Scripture that is defining or, or directing us or calling us to a purpose of life. And we're going to let, let the Lord lead us in that, and it can be as simple, and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just you, you get a witness. You get a kind of a, I, 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 you know, a lot of times it's much more than you would think you could, you could ever arrive at. And sometimes it's very much in conflict to the world you're living in. But that's how God always calls us out of where we are by the word he speaks over our life. So any questions? Does that make sense? Three minutes by yourself in the presence of the Lord. You can move and get apart. You can just sit where you are. And by the end of the three minutes, I'll say we're, we're closing and commit yourself to a verse. And, if, and um, we'll, we'll work with anybody who didn't get one. But I, I believe God's Holy Spirit will help us. Okay? All right. If you'll, Brian, if you'll take me out of the house so I can talk with Let's begin. Lord, help us, every one of us now, to hear the voice of the Lord in the Word of God and find that place that we're to um, lock in on, that you locked us in on, in Jesus' name. All right, listen, I can't sit with you, but I can say a couple of things that may help you. First off, listen for what God's saying to you. Listen. It's never, you, you, we never qualify. There's, it's truth that Jesus speaks. He looked at Peter, who was Simon, who was a reed, and he said, your name will be called Peter. That's in the first chapter of John. He called him into his future by changing his name. Uh, it's, it's like that. That's what God's doing is he's speaking toward our, into our future by who he called us to be before we were born. And it's a scripture. Yeah. Don't be afraid to let that just kind of ruminate. What did God say to you when you were young? When did, what was the, go back to that first time you really had an experience with the Lord that affected you. What, where, what, where were you? You'll always remember with a significant moment with God because you'll repeat like time freezes. The picture, you know where you were, you know what you were doing, you know, you may not remember the day of the week or the year but you remember the the moment because it's it's like a flash photography now what was he saying it could be a scripture my first encounter with the Lord was a scripture that came and affected me with a promise that was too big for me, but it, but it gave me hope. And it was in the move I was in the midst of. And it's never left me as a foundation of what I'm called to do. So if it's a renewal of something you heard before, let it, let it just come forward. The scriptures are never fully fulfilled. They're always becoming more of themselves, taking greater possession greater increase greater 
expansion. Wow. There's a couple, I believe, online, or maybe even someone later returning to this. And it's like, it's like, you know, in a movie where you have a flashback and you go back in the moment and it's critical to the life story. That's what's happening right now. You're returning to a life story moment, defining moment in the scripture, in the spirit, spirit and truth. Don't neglect it. Now, there's someone who's felt like, yeah, but I failed. I walked away. I ran away. I refused. It doesn't matter. We, read, we sang this morning, gifts and callings are without repentance. Whatever God gives, he never reneges. Whatever God gives, he never reneges. Bashe boko ba. Bashe ke boko ba. Ikipa, ikipa. So what do we do is say, Lord, forgive me. Um, and I'd say that every day. I ask God to forgive me every day. Even though I know all sin has been remitted. When I come to awareness of, wow, that was stupid or proud or arrogant, and I just acknowledge it. If I hide sin in my heart, he doesn't hear me. But if I acknowledge it, he has mercy. But then you just return, okay, I receive it. Let that word come back, Father. Okay, we're, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, commit yourself to the scripture or, or write down five of them. down or type it into your phone and there may come a sound of prophecy wow wow I'm going to get back into the house so we can bring everybody together okay I, don't, I guess you could tell me on your chat, but all right. I'm going to ask a question. Does everybody have something to start with or return to? Anybody? Anybody have a? You got a scripture? Because I'll give you one if you don't. If you need one. <laughs> Are we, no, to, I, come on, please commit. Everybody have a scripture that you can start with. Journey with it. Okay. Good, beautiful, beautiful. And there are a couple that don't. Here's, here's an honest thing I believe that's, uh, I'm going to, and I've, I've watched this, just like I see all the time, all the scripture takes us to Jesus, so you can start pretty much any scripture and God gets a hold of you. So I'm going to ask those of you who don't have a scripture to choose a number between 1 and 150. Got it? Just choose a number in your head. If you don't have a place to start with, did you do that? There. Choose a number? Okay, everybody's got a number. All right. When we get done in 15, 10 minutes, go to the book of Psalms. That's your psalm. 
and watch what God says to you in that song. I, I promise you, you will go. It may be just one verse, but you will, he will connect with you there. Okay. All right, so now the next thing we do, again, this is just to get us started, and we've got like 10 minutes, so we're going to practice this. With that scripture, if you have, go to the Bible, go see it again, read it again, highlight it, listen to it. In a minute, in fact, yeah. And then I want you to it, it's praise God for it. Acknowledge it to God that it's being his being given. And if you have the awareness, you will prophesy toward it to the future. You will then, in other words, you will declare uh, what you are decla- what you said to me. Uh, well, I, I, I just use mine. The first scripture I was ever given was Joshua one eight. No, no, Joshua one six and seven. This, uh, be strong, and courageous, for to this people you will divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And I understood it in that moment as a teacher gift to bring people into truth in the scripture. But since then, it's meant many, many more things. But it still keeps returning me to a, a charge to bring people into something that God gave them to his, their father's generational blessing, inheritance. So when I return to that scripture, I then, if I was to take that scripture, I would say, Father, in Jesus' name, though I'm now 47 years old, I was probably given that three years into the kingdom, and I have no way completed what I thought I would, and in many ways have failed, and sometimes I've retreated, but I declare that what your word is truth, and it will be fulfilled. So I resubmit myself to truth that is only accomplished in Jesus Christ. And because it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ, then it will be fulfilled through my life. But it won't be from my life, it'll be through my life. See, I've gained a lot of truth that I can allow myself to disengage Steve out of the equation and let Jesus be the complete equation. And all I am doing is receiving. But then I started saying it. So Lord, I receive the nations, your people will come into their inheritance and fulfill their destiny and will be given the place that you prepared for them from before time began. So that's acknowledging, praising, prophesying, and it's very powerful. Okay, so let's do that uh, for two minutes, and then we'll come back to the last thing to do before we leave. Go ahead, just to the Lord, tell the Lord what you're doing. Okay, and I'll go back to everyone online. So, um, seriously, take a moment now and commit yourself with your, with your mouth to express that this promise is yours. Does, Brian, can you get Larry a Bible so he can look up Psalm, the Psalm he was given? Anybody else need a Bible? Okay. We're just getting Bible. Do you have one on your phone? Oh, good. But we'll get you a Bible. Two Bibles sent. Thank you. Because this is this is important. Yeah, so you got you get your Bible at home and uh, go to that scripture. Reread it again. Just listen. If you got a psalm, read it. 
Now commit yourself to a portion of that psalm or that scripture now and enlarge it. Personalize it. Receive it as a personal word to yourself. Yes, yes. I got Bibles in my office. You can grab them. We need two. Ah, uh, wow. And then uh, we submit to the fulfillment of it. Kita kalaba, tokota kata, ikata laba kata, koto lokoba, ikata laba kato, koto kota laba. Yeah. So, Ibaba, you are doing it. So, commit yourself to the word, release the word. Receive the word. I've had to do this so many times. It's like I'm returning. The scripture is my future, my past, and my present. It must be fulfilled. So I'm returning to the scripture, and now the scripture can begin to re-express itself, the truth of it. Jesus is the scripture. He's the word made flesh. Go ahead. Good, good. Did you get the psalm? Got it. That's yours. Got it. All right. Um, yeah. If you bring me back. This is this part of your exercise, which will be, I believe, if you'll commit, if you'll commit to practicing this in prayer in your prayer time, it is what we know in the Scripture as confession of hope. It is where we are taking what God has said to us and we are repeating it back to the Lord and acknowledging it as being from him and therefore it will be fulfilled by him. And the meditation, it's, it's, it's when we are inside a confession of hope, it is the most pleasing pleasure heaven will, will reveal. There's nothing more pleasing to Father than to us acknowledge his words as truth that he's spoken to us. That's what Jesus did on his earth walk. He continually re-acknowledged to the Father what he'd been told. And he wouldn't break agreement with what the Father was saying. So the letting that elaborate. Now, everything in the kingdom has to move by the Spirit and not get locked in a fleshly effort. You can't say, well, you promised this, so you got to do it. You promise you got to do it. That's really carnal. But it is also the same hand is true when I'm supposed to be able to say, God, my life is, I don't know where it's happening right now, but I'm not going to deny your word. I value what you've said. I don't know how it'll ever get there. I don't know how it'll ever happen, but I value what you said. What you said is true. So you were told you were going to have a ministry in marriage, and now you've Set 20 years later, you're divorced. How does that reconcile? You were going to lead men into prosperity, and now you're being bankrupt twice. How does that reconcile? Well, it actually is part of the qualification process. We usually have to live out the defeat before the victory in Christ is revealed. We usually have to act out our own effort and bring about an Ishmael before Isaac can be born. So it has... The qualification isn't by our becoming what the Word says. It's us submitting to Jesus Christ in the fulfillment of the Word said and, and come to terms with who we are, which are who we are. 
we are just who we are, and we're not the, pe the cause of it. So the third thing is we, I got a heritage scripture, and then you may get many more. Please don't get limited to the one you've been given today. Let it grow. Let connectivity grow. But just start giving it priority of praise and thanksgiving before the Lord. And allow it to elaborate. See, if, you, if you've been reading with me in Ezekiel, you notice that all the time God's saying to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, prophesy to Jerusalem. He's in Babylon, in Baghdad. Babylon, you know, current Iraq, but Babylon. Prophesy to Egypt. Prophesy to Mount Seir. Because God projects what he's going to do always with words first. So this is, Cammy was just had this experience yesterday, my wife. As many of us are, she's, we mourn the state of our, our nation and the struggles that we're watching unfold and the rejection of Christ and God's con consciousness. And, and um, she was saying, Lord, you've got to find a way to, to redeem and to move into culture, and you've got to begin. To, but how is it going to happen? And he said to her, prophesy. We think a prophecy is something we're always just speaking to each other in a, in a meeting. No, it's we can, in our presence with God, we can prophesy to the thing he wants to initiate and begin to declare it. So it's let it grow. So that's just praise, prophesy, let it grow. The third thing, which right now we're just closing on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we are told that every promise of God is yes in Christ and amen in Christ to the glory of God through us. That means we are just the channel. When it, when it finally comes out that it's recognizable, we will be like Peter and John. Why are you looking at us? It's not our godliness, and it certainly isn't our power. It's the name of Jesus and the faith that we, the promise was fulfilled. So, so, if you can take hold of this confession, it will really help, and it's totally biblical. Every promise in the Bible has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All the promises are yes in Christ and amen. So therefore, God can do anything that he's promised because of Jesus Christ. It means he can pick me up anytime I re-pick re up myself, anytime I return, and he say, okay, well, now I've got your, uh, that's fine, We're, we've got you right on time. You know, like he did with Moses, you start 80 years before you need him. And so it's all sovereign, and yet we can begin to say, okay, I'm going forward. I don't know how to get there, and I don't know, have any right to, to expect it, me to get there. But Jesus Christ, you paid for it. And however it's going to happen, I don't know. I don't know how these promises you've made are going to be fulfilled. And what I want to do, what I want to encourage you men to do, make this kind of a, a practice in your prayer time. It's including Scripture, including the voice of the Lord. It's including the giving back to God, the words of God. And watch what happens over this next month. And when we get back together, whether it's you've done a perfect job or no job, 
we're just going to re-acknowledge where we, where we were this time and say, Lord, what are we doing now with the next step in this and not, not just leave it? Because it's, I just really believe we're, we are on the move. It's, we are moving into the next season. All, the church is moving into the next season, which is going to require the maturity of those following inside of their inheritance, which is a God-given possession of his that he gives to us in Christ. So there's going to be, and I'll really release a blessing on that. Does, does that make sense? My, all right? Okay, let's just stand together. It's 9.30. You guys, thank you for being here. I've been super encouraged. You'll just hold up your hands as a wave you're receiving. Dear Heavenly Father, I declare and invoke the prayer of Paul, the apostle in Ephesians. I declare that and pray and give thanks for these men. And I call on your name, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you would give to each of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what is the exceeding greatness of your... No, excuse me that what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you accomplished in Christ when you raised him from the dead. That you, Father of glory, of all the families on, of, the, of the Lord, would give to us from the riches of your glory through your spirit, to strengthen us with might in our inner man. That Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith and us being rooted and grounded in love. We would apprehend together the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God that passes all understanding. Whoa. And be filled with the fullness of God. And we declare, Father, to you who are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think or imagine. To you, Father, be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen.